Hi, this is Jim Ojula, the writer, director, co-producer, and special makeup and creature effects supervisor of Strange Nature, uh, the new eco-horror film out in theaters now, and you are listening to Without Your Head. Welcome to the station of Decapitation Without Your Head. I'm Nasty Neal. I'm Treacherous Tristan. We're joined by R.H. Stavis and Catherine Fisher, the directors of Posies, which is playing a, a few uh, festivals right now, L.A. Shorts and Holly Shorts. Yeah, yeah. It's all month it's uh, L.A. Shorts, and then right today through the 25th is uh, the Holly Shorts monthly screening. Very yes. cool. Yeah. And then I would normally ask you uh, to give an idea of what the short's about if people don't know, but it's it's kind of hard to explain, I think. Yeah, I mean, without giving too much away, uh, it's basically the story of um, all, how I look at it anyway, just my background for doing this was, you know, the last five plus years, we've kind of seen all of these very dark things come to the surface, people being really emboldened and empowered to you know, be assholes, basically. Um, and that stuff has always been part of society, but now we're, you know, speaking about that more than we were. And I kind of wanted to just tell a story about that idea, that concept about something coming to the surface, but in a more intimate way and a more physical way. So it's really the story of how this woman is dealing with that kind of transformation. Um, but anything more than that might give the whole thing away. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I loved it, not just because you're both here, but uh, I, I loved it. And um kind of reminds me almost like a Twilight Zone or a Black Mirror kind of. Uh, oh, thank thing. you. Because like you're saying, um, uh, along those lines, though, when you actually talk about something, you know, current, 
but uh, but you also at the same time want to have something people can enjoy. So what's yeah. the line there of like, I don't want to, you know, um, preach to people, uh, you know, I want people to, to enjoy this on, you know, either level. Yeah, I mean, you got it. It's, it's about, I think, nuance and subtlety, but it's also about creating a world for us, at least, that was just a little bit off anyway. So it is the world that we all recognize, certainly. But it's also, you know, this kind of in the past, but also in the present, you know, aesthetic that's very um, specific to this story. Um, so, you know, we shot it in New Orleans. Uh, we shot it in a very old mansion in the Treme neighborhood of uh, New Orleans, and it's it was it was owned by a free woman of color. It was built for a free woman of color back in 1886, I think, um, and she you know passed it down through her family. And and just being in that space that was kind of had this this elegant decay vibe, um, we think or our hope was that we would create this kind of world within, not just within the the main character's body. In, in where she was inhabiting herself um, that felt just just off enough that I think the subtext of the story and these kind of nuances of the of you know what she's going through and how that relates to current day politics or, or you know society could feel removed enough that anybody could hopefully get have access to it. Yeah, but it has like a like a timelessness feel because you don't know, you can't pinpoint exactly, you know, when it's going on because there's some like old technology, but, you know, modern things. And yeah. just even the look wise, it looks fantastic. Oh, thank you. Thank I mean, we really, from writing the story on, that was the goal was really capturing that elegant decay because, you know, the main character and everything about her is this, it's elegant decay. So I just when we found that mansion, like it was amazing. It was exactly what we were going for. And um, I love the timeless feel of it. We, we definitely put all of those elements in. So it could be anywhere, anytime with all of this going on together. So, yeah. And we had an amazing DP and Auntie Chang. It was yes. um, just incredible. Um, so working with him, he's back, he's in LA with us as well. So when we, we met with him a few times before we went to New Orleans together and he had just come off of Blue Bayou shooting Blue Bayou, which just premiered at Cannes. Um, so he was familiar with shooting in New Orleans and had his own crew. So we really had kind of, um, a blueprint already for, or he did, he had kind of this, um, relationship to the city anyway, as, as we do personally, which was able then to make it so that we could really kind of dive in and make the most of our four days of shooting to get the aesthetic, <laughs> that aesthetic that was... Four days? Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, it was not enough time. <laughs> Never is time, but that really was enough. <laughs> Chris, do you have a question? I'm wondering if you guys are horror fans, and if you are, what are some of your favorite films? Oh. <laughs> yes, I am a horror fan. Um, I've been writing horror for a long time, which is why I have my name as initials. So people who are unfamiliar, that's why it's RH, because when I first started writing horror, it was very much man's space. Uh, and whenever I turned in stories, short stories and things like that, for publication, when it was my name, they came back to me with a no. And when it was initials, they were all of a sudden a yes. So um, I've been doing this very, very long time. Um, but yeah, my some of my favorites. Let's see. Oh my gosh, I think my favorite favorite is The Changeling. I love that movie. Um, speaking of elegant decay, that's a really <laughs> beautiful movie as well. Um, and like, what was the recent one that was like a favorite favorite? 
We watched, I can't remember now. Oh, we've seen some bad ones. Well, we're not going to talk about that. We don't talk about that. That's, that's not what we discussed. No. Um, uh, and we, I also watched, I was so late to the party on this, but this is not a movie, actually. But I was very late on this for um, the Channel Zero series. I'm a big fan of Channel Zero. Yeah. Oh, man, it's so, so cool, good. that Teeth Monster. Forget it. That was the coolest. I really liked those, though. I was thinking about rewatching them again. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's not. It's not continuing. Yeah. I know they just kind of stopped. It was like a couple of seasons, was it? And then it was, no, it was more four seasons. Four, four seasons. Hours in. It was really good. Most recently, uh, Lisey's story really got me. And yeah, I thought course. that was just so beautiful. It's just stunningly done. It was shot perfectly. It's like every frame yeah. is a masterpiece. And and I hadn't actually read the book, but you did. So it yeah. was like it was an interesting kind of dynamic watching it together because obviously Rachel knew what was going on. <laughs> I, did, I had no idea, but um, it worked. It was just, I thought it was stunning and beautifully acted and beautifully directed. I think I've read every Stephen King book there is, um, every single one. And I'm also a huge fan of Bentley Little, which a lot of people don't know about, but he's a fantastic horror author um, who brings like a lot of mundane things to scary, like homeowners associations and insurance policies. <laughs> <laughs> I find those very scary. <laughs> I've just been uh, recently catching up on the classic King books uh, on uh, audiobook on Audible. While I, I, oh, nice! Yeah, I'm, I'm a rereader. I don't know if a lot of people do that actually, but when I haven't read a book in a while and I know I like the book, I reread it. So I'm I'm back on Duma Key right now, <laughs> which is a great a great Stephen King book. Yeah. So uh, you, Rachel said you've been writing for a long time. Um, this is the first one you're credited for that you guys work together. But had you uh, had you ever worked together before on anything? No, no, <laughs> no. This is the first time. Um, uh, yeah, we we uh, Rachel has a feature script called Wires, um, which is stunning, um, and we've been wanting to get that made, uh, and we wanted to direct together. Um, but we kind of needed not just a proof of concept for the story, but a proof of concept, a proof of us, basically, as a directing uh, duo. Um, so that's actually where Posies came from. The idea to create Posies came from was to, to make something that kind of showed the world of Wires in a short form, um, but also kind of proved like what kind of look and feel we bring together um, as directors uh, working together and, and that we actually can work together. Um, so it was the first time, but hopefully it, this is just the beginning so we can get the funding for Wires and, and get that out there, too. And it is a different story. It's not the same thing at all, but it's also body horror and it's also quite feminist. So, you know, those kinds of things are still in there. Yeah. Uh, some of the dialogue in, uh, in Posies, there's a part where she talks about um, maybe there's somebody watching watching us. So, you know, if you're doing bad things, some someone's paying attention. Um, I don't know if it's something we would talk about, but are either of you religious in any way? And is that part of the They story? don't know what I do. No. <laughs> yeah. uh, I am not religious, but funny enough, funny story, side note about me. Uh, I am, quote unquote, Hollywood's premier exorcist. Um, that's what I do aside from writing. And so spiritual, very much so. Uh, so, you know. I think it's a really interesting thing to play with in terms of like writing and creating worlds that there is something that's paying attention to every tiny wrong that society thinks is okay. And uh, our, um, 
Ashley, who did, does our reviews now, she loved the, the film. And uh, what's been the feedback been so far? It's been great. Um, it's funny because obviously we released it during a pandemic year or we started the festival cir circuit during a pandemic year. So we've never actually seen it with an audience ourselves okay. uh, or on a screen or on, <laughs> on a screen bigger than, than my IMAX. So, um, so we didn't know what it would be like, you know, coming out, uh, you know, and, and getting the reviews and, and they've started to come in. And so far they're all really complimentary and, you know, people, especially, I, I don't know. I think because, you know, obviously the subject matter and also our protagonists, women especially tend to understand exactly what we were going for. Um, but then it's also nice when men like yourself also do. So it's been really kind of a, an eye opener to kind of um, see how something that's been in our heads for the last two years, you know, translates to a larger audience. And, and though we're only seeing it in reviews at the moment, we're looking forward to hopefully in the next few months being able to actually get audience feedback. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Fingers crossed. You know, when I was watching, I mean, it's great to watch on my, uh, I, I streamed it off my TV on the big screen, but I was thinking because it's very uh, visual, it would be great to see on the big screen. It yeah. would, right? <laughs> I think I so. Yeah. <laughs> the biggest we got was when we did the, we were able to do the sound edit uh, in a in a soundstage studio. So that was the biggest we've actually seen it. But even that was pretty small. Like even for color, we had to do that remotely. Yeah. Because we were in color when, when it, everything was super locked down. Um, so Jill, our incredible colorist, kind of took it and ran with it on her own. But we, yeah, we really, that's the biggest screen was for sound. And that was, it was big, but it wasn't <laughs> the way that we intended when we, when we shot it. One day. <laughs> There's a scene where she walks by a theater and it's like some kind of Christmas festival. Was that really playing at the time? Yeah. 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 yeah it was Christmas. It was, it was shot in December. December. Yeah. And it was freezing. Like people do not think that New Orleans gets cold. It's not really how you. <laughs> think about it but it gets real cold it gets so cold and we had all of course night shoots and it was all basically outside <laughs> or, or in the house which, which yeah. had like no insulation so yeah it was uh very 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 cold and it was definitely christmas time <laughs> just kind of added to all the oddness of the movie yeah <laughs> yeah it's like, it on purpose which i did that yeah went up there and added the letters and yeah just myself <laughs> just take credit for it uh, Krista, do you have another question how do your skill sets complement each other while directing oh I would say, I mean, Rachel's, because she's the writer, um, she is so in the head of the characters that she's really excellent at articulating um, what is necessary for the actors to know um, in terms of subtext and motivation and objectives and all that stuff. Um, it just comes really naturally to you, I think. Um, and uh, for me, my forte is more in, in the visual, I would say, in the... Um, working with the DP <laughs> and the production design and stuff like that. Um, so while we both mixed, we both did everything. Um, we kind of, I feel like those were the, that was the way in which we were the most complimentary. Yeah, for sure. And like when you're, when you're two people directing, like a lot of times <laughs> people don't do that because <laughs> you could drive each other nuts or make a whole problem. But I don't think like we didn't really have anything like that. And that's kind of why we took those fairly separate movements like you know so we didn't like kill each other yeah <laughs> well I mean, I mean the thing is as well the other thing about co-directing is that 
there's so little time to shoot something yeah. and to work with someone. So it, having someone at monitor while someone else is, you That's know, actually very helpful. it's actually extremely helpful. So, you know, if I was at monitor and we, I was seeing something different, you know, than what Rachel was seeing or, or, you know, articulating to the actor, we were able to like switch or vice versa. If something wasn't working, um, you know, and I wasn't at monitor and Rachel was, then she could be like, Hey, we need to fix this, that, and the other. So it's, it's, it's actually, if you have a good relationship, I think it's actually really beneficial it really to the project, um, to have those sets of eyes. And the way the house was situated too, like some rooms were very tight squeezed for everybody to be in. So we'd elect for one of us to be out, yeah. um, which was very helpful because there was someone kind of calling the shots inside and then right. somebody over here looking at something else. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you said there was a, you know, a real mansion. <clears throat> I assume some of the things in there were actually there, but I assume some of the, some of the things weren't like the old television set and stuff. So uh, how yeah. much of that was, you know, uh, how much of the stuff did you keep in there that, that was actually uh, already part of the set? You know, yeah, I, I, not a lot, actually. Uh, we had an incredible local production designer that we worked with, Emily Kingston, um, who did a phenomenal job of bringing the, the general feel of the house um, mixing that with pieces that we brought in. Some of those pieces are actually from, I have a place down there from my house down there. Yeah. Um, the bird on the wall. I don't know where she found that. But that was I, I my favorite it. thing. Um, <laughs> the pieces that were original to the house, actually the main thing, which is some people might not even see are on the vanity. There are little photos, which the vanity shot actually the wide of that, which is also the poster makes up. We have two optical illusions in the film that makes up the first one. And these photos, they're like little, like kind of rectangular photos make up the teeth of this optical illusion. Uh, but those photos are from the house of the original people that owned the original woman who owned the house. Um, so with things like that, we brought in, um, but uh, for the most part, we brought from the house, but for the most part, we brought everything out from outside yeah and don't worry if you didn't catch the optical illusions nobody does <laughs> we're waiting i was just like I, I just wanted them <laughs> it's two skulls it's one at her vanity and one in the restaurant yeah i'll, to, yeah, I'll rewatch it and then look for it. <laughs> so you said rachel has a um a feature script is that something you would like to work on together wires yeah. yeah i mean i so it's kind of weird like i I've been writing so long. I never directed anything. This was like my first foray into this adventure. Um, and the reason why was because I wrote wires first. I had wires for a while and, and I come from film and television. Like I come from that world. So I had a lot of meetings on wires and everybody loved the script. They thought it was so great. But the reason that no one could produce the script was because they couldn't find a female director who would want to do something so raw and visceral that wasn't their own. So at that point, I said, well, shit, I guess I'm a female director now, <laughs> right? <laughs> I'm going to learn how to do this so that I can actually do this with, with um, these companies who wanted to put their backing with, with wires. Um, and so thank goodness Kate was already a female director <laughs> um, <laughs> and, uh, you know, kind of showed me the ropes and walked me through it. And, and we had such a great experience doing cozies that I couldn't see doing wires without her, without you. That's weird. Um, how about uh, casting the movie, uh, getting in a D up for, uh, for the lead? 
Yeah, we worked with uh, a casting director that I've worked with in the past, uh, Geraldine Flood, who's amazing. And uh, she threw out Anna to us. Um, and honestly, we watched a bit of her reel. And there was this one moment you wouldn't think necessarily in Titans. <laughs> but there was one moment in Titans. It wasn't even her saying anything. But there was something in her face that was so insanely perfect. Like she has like so many layers, like there's just like this outer layer. And then you see everything going on behind her eyes. Very talented. She's so talented. So we saw that. And honestly, we were kind of just like blown away. Um, And we met with her and and she was uh, incredible, but also so open to collaborating in terms of really building this character from her perspective. Um, So we were, we really lucked out that a, she wanted to do it. And also be that she was able to kind of bring her whole self to, again, it's four days for her, but it was, it, it, you know, I think she, she makes the film and she's so, she's so nuanced. Yeah. I couldn't imagine, you know, someone else in the movie. No, 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 it's her. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And uh, the song's a big part of uh, the film too. Uh, Bitter, I believe the name is, I wrote it down. Yeah. Bitter. Uh, Was that a song you knew of beforehand or did it come about like you just heard it and this will be perfect or how did it come out? I guess. So I, I was familiar with Chapel Rome who's, who uh, wrote and sings uh, bitter, who also did our score actually. Um, and she's just amazing. Like her voice is insane. She has many songs I wish to use for many things, but uh, we heard bitter um, beforehand. We were looking for a song that I kind of like wanted to wrap everything around and uh, it was just, I think we just knew, like, right away. That was perfect. Yeah, I mean, the, in terms of the lyrics, but also Everything. the tone, it was just kind of the perfect song. We, we, we were kind of obsessed with another song of hers that didn't fit for this film. Oh, no, yeah, for sure. So we actually went on a hunt through her other music to see. <laughs> but, but really what we wanted was for her to come on as a composer. And she's, she's a, a very, she's 21, I think. Oh, wow. um, she's yeah, very she young. think so from listening oh, to sure. Yeah, from the song, it seems like it would be someone who's, you know, had more life experience, but maybe she has. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and she, she, yeah, she's got that soul. That's just um, that soulful voice. is just kind of haunting and, and perfect. But um, yeah, so we got her on to, to compose and it was the first time composing for film, um, but she great. really crushed it, you know, and, and having the, that kind of seamlessness in terms of the tone of the music from using bitter so heavily, which is, I mean, it's a huge part of the film. Um into the actual score piece was really helpful in terms of kind of keeping that um the sound you know going this may be a weird question but do you know if uh, anna had heard the uh the music before uh, yeah well we gave it to her yeah we sent it to her yeah uh, not the score piece but, but bitter and a couple yeah. of her for some reason it just it really matches her performance and then the song yes. yeah 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 we we had it going <laughs> <laughs> You know, I was happy to see a friend of mine, Jim Ojala, in the uh, in the credits. So I assume yes, yeah. he crushed it too, and he came to New Orleans with us. So he um, he was a recommendation through um, our makeup, our key makeup artist um, Jennifer Monteros, and she uh, she and he worked together, I think, quite often. Um, so we had never worked with him before, but um, he did an amazing job yeah. making obviously the prosthetic, all of the prosthetics. Um, uh, and then applying them on set with Jen, with JQ. And um, yeah, he was so much fun to work with. Uh, it was so great being in New Orleans with him and, and with JQ. It was, it was a good time. 
Yeah, and we did not have a VFX supervisor on site, which uh, I don't recommend to anyone. But um, he he still like went through all the motions for us to make sure like we were like emailing back and forth and calling back and forth to make sure we're doing everything right. Yeah, I mean, he yeah, and he hooked us up with our VFX person who came on after uh, Kevin Van Hook. So um, we were able to kind of have some seamlessness there. But yeah, we didn't have any any VFX. We just we did our best. We did our best. <laughs> uh, Tristy, have another question? Yeah, I'm a Pamela Adlon fan, so I'm wondering how she came on as an EP. Oh, okay. So that's a story. Um, <laughs> so I actually met Pamela because uh, I have a book. My, I had a memoir come out uh, a couple of years back called Sister of Darkness with HarperCollins. And uh, I met Pamela because we are now working on the TV series together for FX. So she is like my partner in crime. Um, and I should add to that Bellatrix and Emma Roberts company, all those guys are on there too. So, um, but Pamela and I really have worked like day by day together um, writing the show. And she, I, I was talking about, oh, we have this thing, you know, this, this short posies and, uh, you know, we're working on that as well. And kind of, we were sending it out to festivals during that time. And she was like, I want to see it. I want to see it. So she saw it and she was like, I love it. I, I want to be part of this. I want to be part of wires. So she's, uh, she's like my favorite human. Yeah. She's a really good person. <laughs> um, she's the she's best. Really yeah. helpful. And strangely enough, actually, she was shooting her better things episode that took place in New Orleans the very same week we were in New Orleans. So we didn't know each other yet. Yeah. <laughs> but we were there at the same time. So after that, we were like, you were there. Wasn't it freezing? And she's like, it was freezing. Like they had to like shut down for like two days because it was so cold. But anyway, that is not the point. We were there at the same time and everyone was like, ooh, weird. <laughs> there was something I wanted to ask before I forget. It was uh, earlier when you mentioned, uh, Rachel, that you're an exorcist. Um, yeah. how, how do you personally define uh, a demon or, or whatever it is that it's a long story, okay. but <laughs> basically um, what I do is I remove entities from people and places. So for me, defining what an entity is, is essentially someone who's not something that's not a deceased person, totally different story, right? So everything is energy. Deceased people are this kind of energy entities over here, are this kind of energy, and deceased people don't shut up. I always tell people deceased people love to talk. Deceased people will talk to you all day and night. Entities do not want to talk to you, do not want to be seen, don't want to show themselves at all. So very different kind of <laughs> energy. <laughs> Interesting. And, uh, uh, real quick, too, is there, uh, is there any exorcism movie that you think is, I don't know, the most accurate or the best? Oh, boy. Let's see. Yes, Veronica, I think, is it's not really an exorcism movie, but it's definitely a possession movie. Um, the, you know, the one with the Ouija board. Um, I think that's an excellent, excellent movie. And then, oh, now, of course, I, it escapes me the name, but um, the Scott Derrickson, um, Deliver Us from Evil. That's an excellent exorcism movie. Oh, right. That's the one. You remember when I made yeah. you watch that? Yeah. Um, you guys remember that movie? I remember the name, but I can't uh, picture it in my mind at the moment. But. Yeah, it's like um, a war vet comes back and, you know, like there's, I don't want to spoil it for you, actually. If you haven't seen it, you'll watch it. But that's one of the best ones, I think. Um, and the right's pretty good. I think the right's a really good movie. I um, mean, 
you know, every time we talk about exorcism movies, it's always priest, priest, priest. So <laughs> we don't have anything that's not priest. Not yet, but our TV series is not priest. It's something you could work on in the future. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, yeah, I mean, essentially, that's what we're doing for television. We're, we're showing you a different kind of exorcism side. <laughs> All right. Where can people watch that? Well, we haven't. We're working on it now. So it'll, it's, uh, it'll be with FX. Oh, yeah. All right. Very cool. Yeah. And, uh, where can people follow Posies or yourselves to see what uh, what else you're up to or where, where your Posies will end up? I would follow. Uh, we don't have an actual specific uh, social media campaign for Posies or accounts for Posies. But we're just doing it privately on our own accounts. So um, at RH Davis. Um, yeah, it's like Davis with an ST. Yeah. <laughs> for uh, Instagram and Twitter. It's yeah, it's right. the same. It's the same everywhere. Um, and I'm on Instagram at k.r.fisher, F I S H E R. And uh, since it's a short, um, it used to be like once a short ran through the festivals, it, there was really no place for it to go. But now there's more platforms for uh, for shorts to end up. So I know it's kind of early because it's currently at the festivals. But uh, do you have a plan uh, for Posies once it's finished with the festivals? I mean, personally, I hope it it ends up on Shutter. Yeah, we'd love, yeah, something like it's a fun, Shutter. You know? somewhere, somewhere that, yeah, has like a, a larger kind of audience. I mean, honestly, we just want people to see it. It's it's funny because it's like we make these things. It takes like two years to make them really or a year and a half to make it. And um, by the time people are actually watching it, you're so kind of like past it yourself. But this is why we make it for the people to see it. So we're, yeah. we're kind of like having a, a reignition of our love affair with the film now that, that it's out there. So the more people can see it, the better. And something like Shutter or some kind of um, distribution like that would be ideal. But we're working on it. But they're great, though, too, because they, they do show a lot of shorts now. I mean, they stream a lot of shorts for, and it's cool. And you get to see things that you don't normally because shorts like when did you get to see shorts before like festival or nothing? Yeah. That was, um, yeah. yeah. Running, you know, randomly run into one on YouTube. A lot of people wouldn't even, you yeah. know, they just kind of disappear. And like with last year and I mean, even still so much of this year being kind of pandemic, you know, it was even less cause you, you can, you know, like some festivals were like, we don't know what's going to happen. Like we don't, no, we're going to yeah. show things or just like say we liked it, uh, you know. <laughs> so. But right now it's playing at LA Shorts Fest and uh, Holly Shorts. So, uh, yes, yes. You can check those out right now. All online. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Pretty cool. Well, this is very fun. And uh, yeah, thank I, you. I love, I love posies. Thank you. I'll tell you more about it, but like you said, I don't want to give away a lot of. Uh, a lot yeah, of it's like it's one know. of those. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you. And thank you for watching. And thank yeah. you, you know, Ashley, for the review. Thank you both for having us. It's it's lovely to talk about and with people that are um, as in the genre as, as we are. So thank yeah. you. And Team New England. Team New England. <laughs> yes. I need to get back there. I'm from Vermont. I haven't been back in probably 20 years. Oh, my God. <laughs> I need to get back. <laughs> I did think when you said changeling, actually, the last time I saw it was in Boston. Uh, I go to a 12 hour Halloween horror movie marathon every year. Oh, last year, but uh, from midnight till noon. And uh, the one year they showed uh, the changeling. The only thing was, it was their last movie, which is not a great movie to show after you've been yeah. in the theater for 10 hours. And then they're like, <laughs> 10 no. a.m. and you've been here since midnight. Now we're going to show the changeling. <laughs> not the best. Not the best. Slow, you know. It's a, it's a slow burn. It's a slow burn. <laughs> it's hard to stay awake, but I'd seen it before. So. 
right. Very good. Thanks. All right. Thank, thank you. you so much. Thank thank you. Nice to you. You as well. <laughs> From ancient terrors to the search for modern day conspiracies, the tomb of Nick Cage is the new sound in horror rock. Uncover the mystery of old world horror for the new world order on iTunes, Amazon, and more. We should have The tomb of Nick Cage. They're coming at night! Mostly! 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 Find out on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. The tomb of Nick Cage. They're coming at night!